0: GP Insights, a health cert podcast, practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time today and for our podcast here discussing medicinal cannabis and what makes a good medicinal cannabis prescriber. Uh, we're very grateful to have the time of Dr. Oritz Holtzman and also Dr. Gull Hertzberg joining us, who have been with us for previous uh, webinars, but we wanted to bring them together to have two different doctors who obviously uh, have a lot of experience in prescribing medicinal cannabis. We'll talk about their experiences and maybe the different ways they approach it, just to to share that with our audience. So welcome to you both. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Nice to be with you.
0: Excellent. Um, So we're going to go with ladies first because that's what we do, because we're always polite. And uh, the first question we'd like to ask is just quickly, is just to introduce yourself and briefly tell us why you started prescribing medicinal cannabis in your practice. So, Or? Right.
2: Sure. Thanks, Paul. So, I'm Dr. Roy Holtzman. And for those of you that haven't heard the previous podcast, I'm the Chief Medical Officer of Campus Lifestyle Clinics, where I practice functional medicine with a focus on medicinal cannabis, both in Sydney and the Blue Mountains in New South Wales. I'm also the vice president of the Australian and New Zealand College of Cannabino Practitioners, so I have a passion for education around medicinal cannabis as well. I started prescribing cannabis mainly because my patients were asking for it, so um, I won't go into you know too many details because uh, I can speak about this for probably about half an hour, but I was aware of medicinal cannabis from my training in functional medicine, but um, it just seems very complicated to do this in Australia. I had no way of, of how even go about starting to prescribe cannabis, how to get an approval and so forth. Um, so I kind of put it in the too hard basket for a while, but I had patients that uh, came to me asking for it. So they heard that medicine cannabis may be helpful for their medical condition. And because I I guess I'm practicing in a little bit of what's perceived as an alternative way, they felt like I'm someone that may be able to help them um, with uh, pursuing medicinal cannabis. And I just didn't want to refuse them. So this is why I went and sought the training I needed and went on this journey of uh, prescribing medicinal cannabis, which has been a very satisfying one, I have to say. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Go.
1: Thank you. Yes, um, like or it. In fact, it, it was patient led. Um, one day, some sort of five years ago, a patient came into my practice and said, "How can I help you today?" And they said, um, "I want you to prescribe medical cannabis for me." So um, I went. I can't do that. And they said, "Yes, you can." So I, I looked it up and found out that I could, and did some training, and I've sort of been prescribing it ever since. Like or it, I'm a what you might call a holistic practitioner, I practice what what I call integrative medicine, um, and cannabis is um, has become a, a very useful part of that um, for a, a range of reasons, and also like a re- very satisfying for my patients.
0: Excellent. Um, the next question is: What difference has it made to you as a doctor and to your practice and your patients? So, sorry. Right. And
2: um, so, like actually, Gal just said, it's just been. An additional tool in my toolbox, but a very substantial one. So I never expected to prescribe so much. I guess as as I as I do, it kind of taken over a large part of my practice. And um, but that that is because patient of patient demand and the result uh, cannabis brings. So I do find when nothing else seems to be helping, cannabis often would. So it really opened a whole new world of uh, options for me and for my patients. And it can assist not with just one condition um, or, or one aspect of the patient's well-being, but with a whole lot. Um, so it's just given me an additional tool that is very successful and very meaningful in my
0: practice.
1: Excellent. Go. Yeah. Um, I've always been a little bit of a, I mean, you might call it early adopter and patient led in my practice. So um, when I started to prescribe medical cannabis, it wasn't really new for me to do something new. And I like to do that. Um, it was sort of like, mm, mm, is this doable? Yes. Um, so I started to explore it, which is something that I find in my practice to be that's invigorating to go to new areas Um to find out what is known, to kind of, in a way, be at the front end, the front edge of a wave of something, but to make sure that I, I'm not being too um, risky in any way. So, you know, I like to practice evidence-based medicine as much as possible. So I was like, well, what, what do we know about cannabis and and health? Um, so in a way, that hasn't changed at all because that's how I practice medicine. And um, But what it has changed is the... Um, much more of my practice is now cannabis oriented the new patients that i see many people seek me out specifically for medical cannabis because i'm known as a medical cannabis prescriber both sort of in the broader community and also by quite a lot of doctors i get referrals from other gps um which is great because i get a medical history and saying thanks for seeing this person with these problems um, to discuss medical cannabis where they're not comfortable to do so and i get to do that so that's changed my practice a bit and there's a bit of an inverted commas specialist angle because I get a referral, I feel obliged to um, and I want to write back to the, the referring doctor. And then I take the opportunity as many specialists do to kind of, let's say, educate the, um, the referrer in what I'm doing so maybe they won't need to do it next time. So I might say something like, you know, this is, this is a history, et cetera, et cetera. This is what I've decided to do. Um, giving them kind of an, an idea of where we might start and helping them to be involved in the in the follow up. And from a patient point of view, I mean, there are definitely many patients who struggled for years and years and years with problems that have had significant improvement with cannabis to the point of oh my god, that's amazing. That's what they say. So it, it's it's a it's a great tool to have.
0: Excellent. Um, All right, so what are the most common conditions you prescribe medicinal cannabis for in your practice?
2: Um, So not surprisingly, I think the most common one would be chronic pain due to many, many reasons. So it can be osteoarthritis, neuropathic pain, um, um, rheumatoid arthritis-related pain. So due to autoimmune conditions and probably very, very close after would be mental health issues, uh, mostly anxiety and PTSD. I do see a lot of kids as well. So with autism, so because I get them referred to me by pediatricians, uh, so, so like Gal, I've got, I guess, I mean, the words kind of you know, coming out and I get referrals from, from other doctors. Um, so I've kind of become a referral point for kids with autism. So I see a lot of kids as well.
0: Awesome, and Gal, for you, most common conditions?
1: Yeah, certainly pain is up there at the at the front um, and then mental health conditions. Um, and quite a number of people come and see me who are heavy cannabis users. And it's, you know, we may talk about this, the the question of what's the difference between recreational and medicinal, I find that people come and see me and it, it starts out that they kind of say, oh, you know, I want to do it legally, and it's like, what? What is it that you do? And it turns out that they're actually—they may have what may be described as cannabis use disorder, um, but actually they're self-medicating. And um, so, by bringing their cannabis use into a medical realm um, and working with the patient, and also adding to the cannabis with other things that may involve psychotherapy or a a range of issues. I suppose, in a sense, what I'm saying there is I'm treating cannabis use, what is known as cannabis use disorder. Um, and many people find that they're not using anywhere near as much cannabis as they were um, and are feeling much better. Excellent.
0: Now, well, I'm sure that would be the case. So, or um, what would you say are a couple of the pros and cons of medicinal cannabis that doctors may not be so informed about, particularly for those that are sort of new to the space?
2: Um, so, I guess I think, the the biggest pro for me would be the fact that it's um, almost many 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 medications in one. So cannabis, like, not like other medications, I don't even like to think about it as a medication. But anyway, uh, if someone comes with chronic pain, you usually would give them something to treat their pain. With cannabis, it's not like that. So even if you prescribe it mainly for the pain, it can affect other aspects of their well being as well. So Often people with chronic pain would also experience some anxiety and depression, uh, insomnia due to their pain or even unrelated. And cannabis can help with all of those and, and, and it does usually. So apart from improving quality of life because of that and not just a specific symptom, it's also fantastic for reducing polypharmacy. So instead of taking all these different medications and often medications to um, help with the side effects from those medications, you have this one natural substance that can be helpful for so many things. So for me, that's the main pro. And I don't know if people think about or doctors think about it um, very much as when they start. You 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 become aware of this quite quickly when you do start prescribing, uh, but possibly not before. Um, in terms of uh, the, the cons, I don't, well, that's, that's, price is probably something that is, most people are, most doctors are aware of. Um, I think, I don't know if it's exactly a negative, but uh, it's, it's, can be quite a bit of a process to get to an optimal response or result with a patient. So there's not just one dose, one product for certain indication, it's, the dose the 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 optima the optimal dose the optimal regime the optimal product will vary from person to person even if it's the same if they suffer from the same condition and for me it's not really a negative but it can be i guess perceived as such because there is quite a quite a lot to it so it can be a, a long process which can sometimes be frustrating for the patient and the doctor but I do find that if you stick with it, you usually in most cases get a positive result.
0: Yeah. Unlike anything, there's learning attached to the whole process anyway, okay. isn't there? Yeah. Um Carl, <laughs> from your perspective. Pros and cons.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, so that um interesting, isn't it? The I agree with you, or it totally the, the the it's not just like here, take this, this will fix that problem. Um, but then again. It's never like that. And so the sort of sense that we might have of, oh, cannabis is really different to anything else we do because it's not a one size fits all. It's like nothing is. There is no medicine, no therapy that really works for everyone. And it always needs to be titrated to effect and tolerance, whatever that is. Like that's how the universe works, I suppose. So cannabis is no different. Um, One of the cons possibly, as you alluded to there, is that, um, I mean, there are lots of different, Products, cannabis products, and each product's got, you know, one or more different molecules in it and what we call the entourage. And every, every entourage is going to respond, is going to have a different effect on a different person. So the part of the art and science of cannabis prescribing is, is matching the person and the product or products. And that's like what it is, how often they use it, how much they have each time watching for responses I mean, it's medicine and it's follow-up. It's totally appropriate that it's like that, but it can seem quite daunting to start with. So certainly early on, it's like, wow, there are like more than 200 products. How do I even choose? That can look so overwhelming that one might not even start. It's very possible, though, to just start with a very small number of products in a very simple way and just sort of step-by-step move forward. Um, One of the cons, and it's more of a conceptual con, is that Cannabis has such a terrible um, stigma in our society. I mean, it still does hugely. It's increasingly more people are acceptab- accepting of it, but um, there are many people that equate cannabis with THC, with being stoned, not doing anything, or psychosis, and that that seems to be like that that attitude still persists. Um, those of us that work in this realm know that that's not the case. I mean, it's a very 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 thin slice of a very large pie. So it's not that that's not true, it's just there's so much more to the story. So one of the cons of cannabis is the ideas attached to what it might be, which is different to what it is, which comes back to the pros, as already said. I mean, as a, as a range of products, cannabis in, in all its forms, used well, both by doctor and patient, appropriately managed and monitored, can be extremely like extremely powerful tool in helping people uh, recover, you know, treat pain, but also as I said, you know, there are so many, I mean, mental health issues are so prevalent in our society for so many reasons. I see many people that do better in their um, psychotherapeutic work when they're using cannabis than they did prior to that. It somehow shores them up a bit and allows them to tolerate the, um, the discomforts of their experience in a way that they can, move forward where they hadn't been able to previously so there's a couple of things and I just the last one on that I just think in terms of pricing you know a few years ago I mean I've been prescribing for four and a half years since when I started it the prices were very very high I think now it's very accessible to many people um, where it wasn't previously and I, I would suggest that we don't necessarily need to see the cost of medical cannabis as being such a barrier as it was
0: Yeah, I mean, and and cost is also relative, right? So, you know, if you are suffering excruciating pain, you would probably pay anything to have it out of your life. I mean, I think that uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes one of the challenges of the industry is we make the judgment call as to whether something is cheap or expensive, you know, with relation to the patient. But, you know, unless you're in their shoes and probably understand whether it's their financial position or what they're trying to manage, obviously, you know, is the human condition. Um, it shouldn't really be, you know, a consideration in that sense because ultimately if you are going to relieve them of something that's been causing them, you know, pain and anxiety for years, I'm sure, as I said, most people would pay infinite sums to obviously have that as an outcome uh, in their life. So I know that we have the same thing with some of our practices. We make a judgment call as to this is expensive to the patient, but we don't really understand, obviously, uh, the value it has to them, you know, in that sense. I understand it's not in the PBS as well, but, you know, as uh, you alluded to, Gull. I mean, as there are more manufacturers, there's more competition in the market and obviously more produced within the country, then obviously it should drive down prices over time as well. Um, so maybe this is another add-on to the last question, but the most common challenges you've had, I mean, from prescribing medicinal cannabis. So it's not the con, but maybe it's the common challenge from the doctor's perspective outside of any other comments we've just heard.
2: Well, I think it's really where do I start? So it was easier when I started because there were probably like three different brands available and you know, not even all of them were available all the time. So you kind of use what, what you had, but now as Gal mentioned, there are more than 200 products available, different formulations, different uh, routes of administration. Uh, it can be very overwhelming when when you start prescribing and very different you know and well different and not different i guess as you said but there there is a different than than other type of medications and um, and i think the way to overcome this is to just focus on on you know one one or two brands or types and start with that um and i guess another challenge would be that you start with a patient and they come to you and say, look, it's not working for me. Um, It's just, it's not for me. And the thing is that to reassure the patient uh, that it is a process um, and reassure yourself as well. So if one thing doesn't work, there are other products we can try, other routes of administration and it is a process. So I think having patience, both for the doctor and the patient is really important um, but it is a bit of a learning process, just, just to learn how to um to to manage that and to to overcome those little barriers that you come across.
0: And Gal, for you, most common challenge.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with a writ there. Um something just to, to carry on from that, something that I say to my patients. often end a talk with is um, when you've tried one medicinal cannabis product, you've tried one medicinal cannabis product and it's not the same as another one. So we need, we need to get a a sense of what different things do for different people. Um, And that's a challenge because it's hard to track those things. Um, um, I, from my point of view, one of the, one of the challenges is, is getting to know our patient. Um, And I mean, in integrative medicine, really, we, we try to do that as well as we can. And ideally in medicine, we do. We, we know we're treating, a, we're treating a whole person. And in order to get someone on side who may, I mean, some people are like, you know, um, chafing at the bit to get some cannabis, but many people are concerned about it and worried about it. And so we have to know where they're at. Um, we have to start with the right sort of product in the right sort of way, set set the scene effectively, um, know what else they are doing and what they have done, who else is around for them, talking to them about possible side effects. Uh, it's really best done in a holistic way. And it's possible to not do it in a holistic way, but I think that is doing a disservice both to the, the medicine and to the patient. And um, that's a challenge as well because really... I mean, you know, I can see a patient and in, you know, wrap up a whole consultation in 20 minutes sometimes and really feel like we've really gone everywhere we need to. And other times, you know, it might take an hour to, to know, to get to a point where we go, okay, well, that's where we're at for today. And knowing that in advance before the patient comes in is, is a challenge. And so to run a practice, you know, run a business, a practice that can be flexible enough to see somebody for, between twenty and forty minutes for a first consult is a difficult thing to do, and working out how to, how to finance that effectively and the logistics, um, that's an ongoing issue for me that I'm continually working with. But hopefully, to good outcomes, um, that's the point. And mostly, I think so far we're getting that.
0: Awesome. And then the last question: So, we're at what makes a good medicinal cannabis prescriber?
2: Um. So. I think what makes a good medicinal cannabis prescriber is just pretty similar to what makes a good doctor um, in general but maybe because cannabis is such a personalized really medicine it even is more salient and important when you prescribe cannabis so I think being flexible um listen to the patient um, is probably the most important things and keep educating yourself. So not what you think is going to work is not always going to work. What you think is going to work is not always what the patient wants and that's important as well. And it's such a developing, rapidly evolving field that uh, you just have to, to keep educating yourself to, to stay, stay on the ball so there are different products, there's a uh, different research, new research, new evidence, uh, almost every day or probably every day. Um, and in order to, to really you know, do it in the best way you can, you have to keep up to date with these things, which is challenging because busy doctors were seeing patients all day and finding the time and the energy to also keep up with the science is not easy, um, but I think it's, it's very important.
0: Excellent. Gal, for you, what makes a good yeah. prescriber?
1: Um, yeah, I, I agree with the red. I think it's really being a, it's what makes a good doctor. It's the same thing, but having, making the time and space to really understand the person who's come to seek your help. Um, that's one side of it. And then to understand cannabis as well as possible. Um and it is a, a burgeoning field. I mean, people have been using cannabis for thousands of years, but the range of products available for us to prescribe on any given day is huge. And the, the better we can understand the, the gross and subtle differences between the different products and match them effectively to the patient, really care about the follow-up, making sure that they do get the, um, the results that they're looking for. Um, sometimes they may be surprised. As you uh, mentioned earlier, or, you know they get things they weren't even looking for, but hopefully only in a good way. And being aware of what might be negative, um, and and adjusting with that. So it's um, dynamic steering, I suppose, is is a term that I've used to to, to work in this realm. And um, I think also a, a fair dose of humility. So I I, um, I speak with Orit fairly frequently, and I find her insights. Very, very useful, and I like to stay as part of a community of of medical cannabis prescribers as much as I do with with all other parts of my practice. And go, so what do other people think about this? What are other people doing? And and be um, afraid that sorry, have the courage of our own stupidity. I think is a term that um, Michael Balint said. It's like, look, I don't know this, but I think this. What do you guys think about what I think? Not to the patients. I don't think that helps, but with other practitioners. Um, it's good to go. Look, we're on the front edge of learning curve here. Um, what what else can I know so that I can serve my patients better?
0: Yeah, uh, it's a very good point. As I said, it is emerging, and I think that uh, you know that ability obviously to and uh, you know the community, which once again is you know now does exist, you know in Australia for doctors who do have an interest, obviously, to come together. Um, and then you know now, as I said, there is obviously the, the education available as well for uh, for doctors. So I think that, like I said you know, we know that the patients are very keen and obviously very interested in obviously the subject as a potential solution to their problems. But, uh, you know, as you've both shared, as it is a journey that does take time and effort to to do it. But like anything, um, you said, you don't get your medical degree in a week either. So you've put years of time to to get to where you are now. And this is just another tool that could be of great benefit to your patients. Um, So and Gull, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And for your sharing your experiences and insights with everybody here. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you in the near future. Thanks, Paul.
1: Thank you. Pleasure being with you.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpcert.com.